You're listening to the Bags and Platt Podcast. Welcome to the Bags and Platt Podcast. Today is Wednesday, October 14th. We got a great show ahead for you. Bags, how is all by you? I'm going to tell you about my awesome day in two seconds. You know... I wanted to do a show right after the loss, so I'm not as in a bad mood as I was after the Yankees. Total shit show. But I'm doing okay. Sports is still going on. That's good. Just saw DJ got COVID. He's out of the golf. Ronaldo, too, if anybody knows who that is. So I'm excited for uh, for the show today, Platt. But, uh, you know, it's just not going to be that fun in our in our intro, talking about the Yanks and uh, – what what happened? I mean, you know, what what can we say? So there's a lot to unpack on the Yankee front. And I, I think we might as well just get right to it because we have a guest coming on shortly. I'll fill you in on my fun golf day in a little bit. But awesome. I, I here's what I want to do, Bags. I want to ask you some questions. And these are these are the hard questions that we need answers to. Yep. After watching that series and another exit from the playoffs i'm gonna i'm gonna go through questions i want you to give me yes or no's and give me your opinion okay yeah is gary sanchez back in a yankee uniform next year no is dj lemayu back in a yankee uniform next year 100 percent. is there going to be a decent amount of bullpen help on the way. And is Zach Britton going to be back in a Yankee uniform next year? I want Britton back. I don't know if he will be back. Some guys, you know, they don't love New York Platt. Um, some guys might not get along with the team. They may not like where they live. They might not like their kids' schools. I don't know much about Britton. What I do know is that LeMahieu is a must-keep. So we will outbid anyone, and I believe he likes being a Yankee. Don't know him personally, so there's no guarantee. My answer was yes, because that is a must signing. I don't really know about Britain, and I don't I don't know if Voigt actually is I mean, the guy led the league in home runs, and we might not be signing him. Because if you're gonna go through uh the playoffs, there's guys that are made for the playoffs, and there's guys that are made for the regular season. LeMahieu actually is just a clutch hitter. He had that clutch hit up the middle. He 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 was he was great during the playoffs. He could play three different positions. So, I mean, he led the league in hitting. But we're really about a team now, and this is this is the same as the late '90s, early 2000s. Our season starts in October. Okay, that's my question to you. Do you think that the regular season? is actually going to have any value for the Yankees in the next few years. No, it's all about October. But here's, exactly. here's the problem. Here, here's the problem with that. You can beat teams 11-3. to 3. You can beat the Blue Jays 11-3. to 3. You can beat the Royals 11-3. to 3. You can beat up on teams that are mediocre. I know this was an odd year, so you didn't see all of these teams come through or go there. But... You, you can slug six home runs a game in the playoffs. And you know what's crazy to me, Bags, is we're seeing it now. Look what's happening to the Dodgers. I know they're having pitching issues, but similar scenario, right? Like big bats, home run hitting team, the whole and package. they're not getting the big hits right now. Exactly. And and we talked about that. You know, in the playoffs, it's it's timely hitting. 
You have to be clutch. You have to have guys on your team that can put the bat on the ball and are not trying to hit a home run. Yeah, we're stating the obvious right now. Most fans will be like, yeah, I knew that. But guess what? That, that's really the issue with both clubs. The Dodgers are, are – I mean, they're a must-win in game three. Are they going to actually be, you know, the same old Dodgers, eight straight division titles and no World Series ring? Guess what? That works in Atlanta, okay? I think they had 15 straight with Cox. One World Series in 95, okay? Now, the Yankees, getting back to the Yanks, were built to go to the playoffs. That's inevitable. We're always probably going to be a playoff team. I mean, if you just look at the resume last 25 years. Now, it's all about the playoffs. So, you know, and I, and I know Cashman knows that too, and he's trying to build his team around that. But guys sometimes disappear. I mean, he didn't even want to go to Adovino. Adovino was awesome during the regular season, okay? Throws a wiffle ball slider. Britton was good in the postseason too, I got to say. So I, I, I do want him back, getting back to your questions. But, you know, we have bullpen issues. That's a fact. But guess what, Platt? It's all about the starting horses. Yeah, okay, Cole. You gave us you gave you pitched a great game, but you know what? You also had uh, um, uh, a home run that was robbed by by Gardy. Thank God. So essentially, you got you know during the regular season, he he did have a home run problem. He let up bombs, but guess what? He gave us five point one innings. He didn't throw one hundred and forty six like Cody did ninety five. He didn't throw uh, like Josh Beckett on three days rest. Full nine innings, pal. Yeah, he's he probably hurt his arm, and McKeon wanted that World Series because he was 72 years old. But guess what? It's about starting, Platt. So when we go back to the drawing board, and I don't mean to ramble, but when we go back to the drawing board, we're, we're looking at starters first. We have to. Okay? You got Cole. That's fine. But Tanaka is not Tanaka. Okay? J.A. Happ is J.A. Happ. Garcia is a young up-and-comer. Hopefully he can be a number two, Platt. But guess what? What's after two? Okay. Montgomery gave us a good game. Is Montgomery a three-starter? I don't know. So getting back to where we always go to, it's about the starting staff. Because, yeah, bullpen's great, Platt. But let's start – let's get to the bullpen with, you know, some shutout innings or one-run ball. So that's where I stand on, on the offseason. Starters – no, I agree with you. We're always going to hit Platt. You well, know that. Yeah, but here, here's my challenge with this lineup. This lineup reminds me of those Yankee teams that never could get over the hump when it was Gary Sheffield and Giambi and all those guys together. When you looked at it one through nine and you'd be like, dude, the Yankees lineup is fucking insane. They're, there's no shot they're going to lose. And maybe their pitching wasn't as great back then. Maybe their bullpen wasn't as good. But to me, this lineup – needs some disparity it needs some we i was texting you during the game which was driving me nuts i know it's not a bunting league anymore but you got brett gardner on first you got your backup catcher up put some pressure on the defense lay down a bunt have a guy steal a base you can't have and it seems like gary sanchez is not that much of a different hitter than aaron judge who's not that much different than stanton who's not that much different than Voigt. like these guys aren't getting singles and doubles all day i think Long they just swings. Need a, more of a yeah, I think you need more of a mixture in that lineup. And yes, it does come down to starting pitching. And look, Tanaka's been a very valuable piece for the Yankees, and he's had some great postseason performances. I don't know that I'm bringing him back at, at number two money and the kind of money he's going to probably want and or expect. 
they need to go out and get a number two. Now, are you going to overpay for Bauer? Can Bauer be in New York? He seems like a head case. He's obviously super talented, and he's got a great arm, but, like, it scares me to see what he'd be like in New York, you know, walking off the mound like Conor McGregor. Like, Yankee fans would love it, but, like, I feel like we'd have an all-out brawl with Tampa and Boston every game. I don't I don't know how that's going to work. And him and Cole seem like fire and ice when it comes to personality, so that is concerning, but they just need a shakeup in this course somehow. And I know everyone's going to say, well, maybe they'll get over the hump next year and we'll have a regular, a full regular season. It'll be longer. They'll have, you know, they'll be fighting with Tampa for the division, but it does all come down to the playoffs. This team is built to win in October and they don't have great starting pitching by any means right now. I know they'll get Severino back um, next year, which should help, but you know what? He's also been hit or miss in the playoffs and the bullpen could be great, but if your stars can't give you three or four innings, doesn't matter how good your pen is, unless you're Tampa, which, by the way, by the way, how impressive is what that organization is doing and has done? I was going to say, I hate Houston and I hate Tampa, but there's a difference. I respect Tampa. Do you hate Tampa? Do you really? You hate Tampa? You hate well, Tampa? Well, I, I just, I, I, you hate because, they, because they own us. But I, like I said, I respect their team and I'm, I, I would be afraid. I wasn't afraid of them going into this series. Now I'm completely afraid of them because they know they have us, Platt. If this game is such in, in, in between the in between the ears. They they, they look like they're going to win. It's it's unbelievable. It's like you know it's how we used to feel about us. You know, there was some series we'd be like, oh, we're down four two, but it's only the six, <laughs> and we we would somehow just right. be and just Platt. We would make it happen. Tampa makes it happen, and they're confident. They're having fun in the dugout. And I want to get to the coach because he got his job at 37 years old. I can't believe he's younger than us. This guy is the most calm, collected. He's got a great demeanor. His players love him. His players want to play for him, do anything for him on and off the field. Okay. They, they just, and by the way, I don't know when his contract's up, but he's going to be the most coveted manager to go to a big market and really cash in because you know what happens down there. They'll fall off come back a little bit and guess what he did play a year for the Yankees and if Boone doesn't work out you watch we'll open up the open up the vault plat because this guy oh. is the new probably top manager in the game period I, he, he's done a tremendous job with that team and he's He's got the voice to back it up. He's got an ego that goes along with it. He didn't take the Yankees' crap during the regular season when he made the comment about having the bullpen arms. And you know what? Watch this Tampa team, and I'm not saying they have the level of stars, but it reminds me of when the Yankees played the Marlins in the World Series that year when everybody was like, Yankees are sweeping them, Yankees are sweeping them. And then eight years later, you went back and you looked at the Marlins lineup and the Marlins pitching rotation, and you were like, oh, my God, that team was unbelievable. But going into this Tampa series... Yeah, that's what Beckett beat us. It was it's right. dope. But you, you never you, – you look at that lineup, that one through nine lineup of the Marlins going into that series. There was a lot of who are these guys. And then eight years later, it was a lot of those guys were all all-stars. Yeah. And I'm not and, saying and, Tampa's lineup that deadly, but – No, I know. And, and you know what? We, we always bring this up in the playoffs. Um, Brandon Lau was their best player during the regular season. Brandon Lau was about three for 30 in the, in the, Yankee, in the playoffs um, up until a certain so, point. So he didn't even show up, their best player. And you know what? I, I always like to say about the, the 88 Dodgers uh, uh, and the 90 Reds. They had no reason beating those A's teams. But you know what they had? 
some guy looking out of shape named Mickey Hatcher hitting doubles. All of a sudden, in 90, and the 88 Dodgers won. Then in 90, guess who won the MVP? Chris Sabo. Okay? And Jose Rujo could get beat. It's guys that you really don't rely on, Platt, that come up big, and I know we got to get to a guest soon, that come up big during these situations. Okay? Their best player didn't show up for the playoffs, and they're they're gonna they, they could they're two games away from the World Series. Think about if we didn't even have LeMahieu. I mean, it's 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 just strikeouts. And the last thing I'll say is, I don't need Ford pinch hitting when he hasn't got a hit since August and he wasn't on the freaking roster in the end of the season. And you got Sanchez and Frazier on the bench. What are you doing, Boone? Ford? There was from 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 the Ivy League kid. Come on, dude. That that you know what? There were some questionable managerial decisions by Boone in this in this series. Yeah, that well, I can't believe that. Was, that that was astonishing. I mean, first <laughs> of all, where is Gary Sanchez's? Where is Gary Sanchez's head right now? Because you, you, I get you could be a good teammate, and I get you could be positive about it. But where he was a year or two ago to where he is now is astonishing that he wasn't even thought about to come in at that point. And then they bring in, they don't bring in Frazier who had a very good year. Like what else does that guy have to do? I'll also like, tell you what hurt. Have... I'll tell you what hurt Sanchez Platt not to interrupt you. Stanton just went completely off. So the DH is out. So now he can't DH even if he's hot. Like even if he was like, like hitting decently, he cannot get that position from Stanton because Stanton is hitting six home runs in six games. So I know we had to go, but I, I, I just, I don't see Gardner. I don't see Sanchez. And it's, just, it's a real shame what happened to this guy's, when he, he was our future. And now we're talking about not even resigning him. So that's major that's changes it. coming to the Yanks. You'll have to Absolutely. listen in and see what happens in the off season. Yep. And now we have our guest on Darren Ravel from the action sports network. How are you, Darren? What's up? How are you? How's it going, bud? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate the time. Uh, no you know, a lot going on in the sports world right now. Um, you know, no understanding what the Action Sports Network is and what's going on with DraftKings and FanDuel and the betting world. Well, obviously, we know you have a great resume when it comes to sports as a whole. How did you? end up in this place focused in in this area of the sports world uh well you know i was at espn for a combined 12 13 years uh was at cnbc for six years and uh i lived uh, lived in new jersey for 10 and uh just seeing the jersey turn into vegas east was kind of eye-opening for me i had covered the business of sports and the business of betting because of that. But I've gone, I went from 20 stories to maybe 40 stories a year. And, uh, knowing that that was where the money was going to be, uh, and a lot of the energy, I just decided that would be the place for me. And I just had to find, I had eight months left on my ESPN deal and I just had to find, uh, a, a, a betting organization that would make sense from a journalism standpoint. And the action network is basically, you know, the Bloomberg of sports betting, 25 years of betting data, bet tracking. Um, and so it just really worked out for me. And I love being in the mix 
with the energy that this market is creating. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's it's really exploded. I mean, um, gambling's always been there, but now it's 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 every conversation. It's every it's on the radio. It's it's on every channel. They mention spreads all the time. Um, are you more of a, a of of an NFL f- football gambler or 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 covering it, or do you like the other sports? Because I feel like. When, it, when fantasy in the fall comes around, it's just an unbelievably it, – it, it's like, you know, house, housewives are, are, are talking about betting on, 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 on occasion. It's obviously where all the, all the, a lot of the attention is. So, you know, it's the only sport where I have to on, – on Thursday, I have to do a, a college football roundup. Uh, on the spread, I, I talk to the sports books, the, the odds makers on that and cover that. On Friday, I have to do an NFL, kind of what it's looking like, where the liabilities are. And on Saturday and Sunday, I have to keep up with the game, taking the big bets. We do a show on, on Sunday morning um, on Twitter, on Action Network HQ. So it's kind of like that's obviously where there's just – so much going on. I, I love covering pretty much anything where there's, a, you know, I really do a lot of the sports books or the bigger journalism stories. Um, golf betting has really been on the rise, I, I think, because uh, someone can take a 60 to 1 long shot and instead of waiting on a normal future, can just, you know, cash in in four days. Yep. So, you know, golf betting and, and, and futures beyond the majors. I mean, obviously the majors people are going to take their shots, but um, I, I think even in in lower uh, PGA Tour tournaments, people are now betting golf. And, and NASCAR has actually come along. I know a lot of people um, kind of through COVID and then having like a month, month and a half uh, jump there's there's been a lot of people even at my workplace who had never touched NASCAR and now they're into it. So what what are some of the craziest bets that you've seen over the past few weeks? I've been following and reading up obviously online and seeing some of the things that are going on, but what are some of the bets that have absolutely wowed you recently? I mean, there's a $3 million parlay that's out there. Normally like parlays go the other way where it's, you know, 10 bucks to win, uh, uh, try to make it enough combinations to win 17,000 bucks. But to start with 3 million is pretty outrageous. Uh, I would also say the bets that get a lot of people going are, are the bets that like seemingly don't make sense. Um, you know, like last night there was a bet where uh, I don't know why you make this bet. It's either you make it or you don't, but this guy, uh, did an alternate spread so that the Titans were 20 and a half point favorites. Like, okay, well now they won outright (laughs) and this guy put down 17 grand to win 1100, you know, well, if you did the money line on that, buddy, you'd be, you know, you'd be at about 30, you net 30,000. So, uh, there was this, there was this, uh, a bet from this past week where someone bet, $240,000 on BYU, a 35-point favorite, just to win, to win $3,000, and BYU won by six. Um, 
again, people, people are like, you know, this must be money laundering. I mean, you have to be washing money. Like, why would you, why would you even do that? Why would you put up 240,000 to net 3000? Right. Uh, we're talking, we're talking to Darren Ravel. Darren, I was at the old, I was an old school, uh, gambler way back in the day. And most of my friends that are gambling now are all about the parlay. Now it used to be just a teaser or a reverse six points or 10 points. And now all they're talking about is parlays. I feel like in, in this world, they're, they're not putting up as much money, say to your local bookie, they're, they're putting up little amounts of money to try to win that big one. Is that what you're finding that it's just a parlay world rather than anybody just trying to bet, you know, the, the, uh, the Carolina Panthers given two and a half to Chicago this week. It, it's all about, uh, a, a variation of parlays I'm seeing. Is that, is that accurate? Yes. Uh, all these, all these companies or all these operators are doing parlay builders and all these things. And, you know, the reason is because it's the best marketing. You always seem so close. The bottom line is when all these things are reported and every month I see state by state reporting, Parlays are the most profitable things for sportsbooks because collectively uh, they just make the most money. There's a large, large failure rate, but the better thinks they're closer than they really are. Right? You got like, to win like everything. Eight out, of, eight out of ten legs. Like, no, you actually <laughs> were not close. Like, eight out of ten, you know? So um, it is the best marketing tool. It's certainly the best, you know, as, as the, the, the more betters that are coming in right now are the casual betters. The reason FanDuel and DraftKings are doing so well is they've kind of split over the database of people that were betting on daily, that were participating in daily fantasy, and they've converted them into a better. And I think the casual people, you know, they obviously, the, the parlay is something that seems to be, so much talked about. I don't do with any of it. I, I do straight up because I like to be like in the moment. I, I don't think I've ever done a parlay to be honest with you. But but a lot of my friends here in New Jersey, you know, they they're racking their brain. Hey, I got four out of four right now. Should I cash out? Should I not? What should I do? You know, should I hedge my parlay? I'm like, dude, you spent ten bucks on it. I mean, you know. <laughs> So you, you talk a lot about, and you're involved a lot in the sports and uh, the business end of sports. So how much do you see COVID impacting the leagues as a whole? Bags and I are big Yankee fans. We're concerned going into this offseason. Steinbrenner's main source of revenue obviously comes from where the Steinbrenner's come from, the New York Yankees. Are they going to close the purse strings a little bit? Are they going to spend money this year? Like, Where are you seeing things from a business side coming through? due to COVID? I think it depends on, I heard Hal yesterday, I think it depends on how long this goes on for. Um, you know, I mean, there's concern today about, are we ever going to, are we going to get through the football season? At least all of a sudden the SEC, like, you know, it looks like uh, Florida and LSU aren't going to play and maybe Ole Miss might not play. And uh, Who knows? Um Florida wants 90,000 in the swamp. <laughs> oh my God. I, I, I can't even on, on, on social media, I can't even deal with it anymore. You know, like if you want to know what's wrong with our world, go into my tweet from yesterday 
basically recapping Dan Mullen's 90,000 in the swamp and, and then that 19 <laughs> players tested positive for COVID. And legit, people are responding with, what does one have to do with the other? What does one have to do with the other? Are you kidding me? Like, It's a religion. It's ridiculous. It's, it's crazy. Every day. I'm so tired of fighting. I, I feel I feel like this year has seriously aged me on social media alone. But so I think it depends on how long it lasts. Um, obviously, I think the NFL is uh, you know, susceptible to this stuff as long as they play their rights fees or 60% of their money. Um, although sponsorship is obviously tied with tickets, but baseball is in legit trouble. Um in terms of if they don't have a, a fans in the stands next year, it's going to be difficult. Yeah. Uh, Platt and I both went to Clemson and he went to ASU and those were teams up until a few years ago. You just never bet on. However, Clemson is put Clemson's putting a lot of fans in the, in, in Death Valley. And so far it's going okay. Um, I, I didn't know about the, uh, the, the amount of players that got COVID in Florida, but it's it's as you know, SEC is it's really it's such a money generator for the for the Southeast. Well, Clemson, Clemson did a good job of getting their players sick early, right? I mean, they, <laughs> they, they got a lot. That, that was that was the, that was the national championship strategy from Davo to get them all sick. You're absolutely right, and uh, and a couple and all of a sudden the other teams started following, including Bama. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, on the on the sticking with the college front. Um, obviously, I'm a little biased, but do you see us having a legit national championship playoff this year when some schools ha- ha- haven't even started? I think in the next three weeks we'll find out. Uh, we we really will. I we got to get through a couple weeks here because if the Big Ten doesn't start on time, or I mean, there's no room for error unless we're going to go into February and March. So I hope things can happen. I just think so much is, is up in the air. And of course we're not in control of it. And, and from a betting perspective, how many people do you think had the Braves and Tampa Bay Rays in the uh, world series potentially this year? Yeah. Yeah. Not, not many. I would also say that the, the fading COVID team strategy also has not worked. You know, people were killing out. Oh, it's tight. They're not going to be ready. Titans went outright. Arkansas State had like 20 players with COVID. They beat Kansas State. Um, you know, obviously Missouri had nine players with COVID. They beat LSU. Like the, the fading COVID also does not has not proven to be a uh, a good one. Darren, well, it seems like uh, we're going to have the yeah. NFL on every night this 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 season with the way it's going right now. I know. That's awesome. Darren, are you seeing, um, and I know you, you mentioned the golf before, a lot of people were bet, definitely betting and more into golf this year that don't even watch golf, but they could see, you know, putting five bucks on, uh, you know, Rory Sabatini can win him, a, you know, four or 500. Did you see um, the profits take a real standstill and go down and now they're exploding again because everything's back? There had to be a time where uh, say a DraftKings or a FanDuel was a little worried, um, and even you know the the local bookies. Did you see it stop and then now completely explode again? Yeah, From I mean, profit margin. 
yeah, listen, th- there's a huge bet in DraftKings. I think they're worth probably more than they should be on the stock market by market cap. Uh, and Penn National, you know, through Barstool, only having uh, an association there in Pennsylvania right now. I mean, I think gambling stocks are, are going a little bit nuts. And I think with the uncertainty, people have given them the benefit of the doubt. Some, some guys, some kids, instead of betting, are, are betting on the stocks and they're looking at their Robin Hood, uh, their, their Robin Hood paper, <laughs> and they think they're, uh, they're making a lot of money. But between that, betting on sports memorabilia it seems to be the thing to do. Well, Dar, we really appreciate the time. We'd love to have you back on the show in the weeks ahead, especially to talk about all this craziness going on in the gambling world right now. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks for coming on, man. All right, have a great day. Thanks for thanks, coming guys. on. Okay, take care. All right, have a good one. That's pretty interesting stuff, Platt. I mean, the amount – I mean, people are even betting NASCAR. I mean, it's just – it's so funny how, you know, I know a lot of people who never even wagered and that's really all they're talking about now because they didn't have access to, um, you know, the illegal side. And when, when, you know, when you have it at your phone, Platt, and you could just put in a bet on a tennis match while you're watching it, I'm sorry to say, but that's like, if, 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 if you can afford to put a few dollars here and there and not like, you know, gamble your paycheck away, it's so much more intriguing to watch a sporting event if you could put $3 on car number 88 and possibly win a few hundred. Who, you know, what what fit, what sports fan is not going to dabble in that? It's I mean, this business now is completely gold because it's never going to stop Platt and it's only going to draw more people. And when he said about the um, the marketing in a parlay, if you hear about someone Platt putting you know betting on 10 games it's impossible to hit but guess what all you got to see is one guy do it and that's your marketing tool hey uh you know those guys hold up those checks hey did you hear um you know jeff davis he won a parlay with 10 teams and he won two hundred and twenty-four thousand dollars. bam there's your marketing hey i think i'll try that too i'll see if i could do that and you're drawing in people that aren't even into sports. They just want to try to, you know, hit something that doesn't cost a lot of money. Parlays, you could win a big, big chunk by not having to lay out a lot of money. And that's where I think uh, people aren't betting on straight up bets anymore. He mentioned his friends and I mentioned my friends already. I mean, all they're doing is parlays. And if all you got to see is one person win, uh, you know, couple hundred grand and you're going to go and you don't have to go to uh, like you said it's vegas east jersey now you don't have to go to ac to bet you don't have to go anywhere to bet you can play blackjack anywhere in the world on your phone now well i think new jersey you got to stay in but every state's going to have it soon plot yeah because all these states are looking for revenue and they all want to make more money and like you said it's so accessible it's on your phone now it's like hey i have fanduel i have uber i have seamless it's like all these apps are right there at your fingertips i think and, this, I, uh, I think some of new york's bri- i think some of the bridges and tunnels could use some work plot so new york better get, <laughs> start getting on this i mean the most the, the, the biggest city in the world the most people hey your city needs some help it's great revenue yeah it's great revenue and, and speak 
So speaking of, of, of betting, I had the pleasure of playing golf today with one of our former guests that awesome. we had Brandon Lemieux on the phone and I we talked about his golf game. I finally got out to play with him and Jacob Truba today from the Rangers, as well as Jason Silver, uh, a friend from school who made all this happen and connected everything. And Bags, let me just tell you, what a fun day to go out and play golf with two professional athletes from and i know you appreciate this because you, you were awesome at every sport growing up you were all state and like everything including ping pong pretty much and probably roller derby if that was a sport <laughs> at the time but these guys how hard and how far they hit the ball and you see how some of the hockey part translates into golf and how athletic these guys are it is it's astounding to watch a guy hit a seven iron 215 yards and it's a little demoralizing because i'm sitting there on a par three with a driver in my hands 215 220 and i'm fingers crossed that i'm going to reach it and i turned to truba and i said what are you hitting and he goes a seven iron <laughs> and the guy's already six three so he's looking down on me and i feel even smaller now but point is like we're gambling making bets throughout the entire 18 holes and the minute one team is beating the other team by too much, then it becomes an individual shot, an individual putt. So going back to the to the bets and the gambling, <laughs> it also makes things so much more interesting. It does. Like we're we're up we're up six whatever six we're up by six holes with like four to go. The match is over, and then all of a sudden it's pushes, it's junk, it's well if you if you get up and down from there, I'll give you a hundred bucks. And it's like all of a sudden it gets so much more interesting as opposed to being this passive, you know, enjoyment. Don't get me wrong, but like, you know, these guys are athletes. They're used to competing at the highest levels too. So it was so much fun. You would have enjoyed it. I'll send you some pictures. Um, but what a good time with these guys. I gotta get you out there. Now uh, when you when you're playing with them, like and they're taking a putt and you're looking at, you know, they could probably break the club over their head. Are you just thinking to them like these guys go into the garden on skates and are like gladiators and fight? And I mean, were you thinking that in the back of your head like they're they're swinging a nice golf club, but you know, next season you're going to see them with the gloves off fighting somebody in the garden? <laughs> yeah, you're think you're thinking about weird stuff because the, the the guy Jason who I played with like we're both okay golfers and. Every hole, like, you're pretty I'd good, hit a 250 you're, off the tee. Thank you. I'd hit a 250 off the tee. He'd hit a 250 off the tee. And these guys would be 70 yards in front of us. And every hole, they had to wait for us to get to our ball, you know, for us to hit our ball. And it, right. God knows if we're not going to probably hit it straight or on the green. And it was like, I felt like they were waiting for us all day. And they were good sports about it. Like, I'd hit a drive and they'd be like, that's an awesome drive. And I'm like, Thank you, but you don't need to just say that to say that. <laughs> like, you know, well, well, I bet, I bet you were a little nervous it. in the beginning, right? Oh, first two holes, I played awful. I think yeah. I got like two sevens because I I was nervous. I mean, these are two professional athletes you're playing with, but two of the nicest, I'm not just saying this, two of the nicest, most down-to-earth guys, so enjoyable to play with. And I actually had the crews, but they stayed to play. Uh, another nine holes because they're like you don't get days like this in New York when it's 70 degrees in October and I was like you're right go enjoy yourselves but you know the one thing I said to my wife when I got home and I know you'll appreciate this and then we'll move on to the NFL but I said to my wife when I got home you know I I work in business as do you and you have clients and you have people that you report to people you have to get back to these guys not once had to look at their phone during the entire round of golf incredible not once and that was something that like i can't relate to and it was just like 
Unless it's, very a hot, unless, it's a hot chick, very unless, unless it's a hot chick they're meeting out tonight in, in their mid twenties. <laughs> That's true, but even then, I mean, even then, sure. they they were they were like locked into what they were doing. But uh, so that was my day. It was a lot of fun. It's awesome. Let's talk NFL. Um, okay, so Jets and Giants still still winless. It's hysterical. The NFC East Le- is un- unbelievably Le'Veon bad. Le'Veon Bell. Wait, wait, Le'Veon wait, Bell. Le'Veon Bell. Can we talk about it for a second? Yeah, Francesca said, oh, the Jets, I mean, are, what are you take, the Jets took a step in the right direction. <laughs> and you know what? It, it actually is a step in the right direction. Get rid. You know what? He's not helping anyway. Develop somebody that's young that you drafted and give it a shot. I mean, this guy, you know, he's he has a history of kind of not being a great teammate anyway. Um, but I will say... They, you know, Trevor Lawrence is the only thing you can talk about when it comes to the Jets. It's it. Like, could could they somehow mess that up? Can can Lawrence? He's a junior, right? He he can he stay? Can, yeah. Can he yeah. play? Can he pull the Eli move and say I don't want to play for them? Yeah, he could. He could. I mean, he it's pull amazing. the Elway. Elway did the same thing and played some baseball. But I, I mean, the Giants plot. I heard Michael Irvin on the air today. This was hysterical. They asked him if, if, if the giant offense looked okay or is Dallas's D that bad. He says, come on with the giant offense. It was Dallas's D. Everybody put up, everybody's putting up 40 on them. The Giants only got 34. He goes, don't give me anything about the giant offense. When you have a Hall of Famer, former player, current analyst, making like crack jokes about the giant offense – that's when you know how bad they are. Now, yeah, did they, did they almost win the game? Yeah, but they also had a backup come in who hasn't played this year, and he won the game. And I think actually, and I, I feel bad for Prescott. I really do. That's, you, know, you never want to see that. But I think the Giants are really, really in trouble. Just, just looking, Just looking at their team as a whole. I mean, they had a good lead last week. You know, everyone's talking about what, what Joe Judge can be, but is he? I mean, how do you know he's going to be a good coach? you got to have players. It's a player's league in any league. Coaching does matter more in the NFL than any other sport. So I'll give, uh, I will say that. But I, I just don't see, and I mentioned leadership uh, the last show, I just don't see this team just coming out and being exciting, uh, excited to play. Um, I don't see any passion. That's which I've said before on the show. You just want to see, like, if you're bad, you want to see some guys at least, like, you know, really getting fired up, making a big hit, and you know, I mean, celebrating uh, to an extent. But there's just not a, there's just not a feeling that I have when I watch either of these two teams that they really want to be out there, Platt. I mean, I just don't, I don't see it. I watch the other teams and it, they're having, they're having a ball out there. They're, and especially if, if you're obviously on the winning side, but they're hitting, they're playing real football. I don't see real football with the, either of these two teams. Neither, neither team has an identity and you're absolutely right. That's and, a great word. You know, you know, it's too, it's, it's, thanks. It's too early on Joe Judge to make a decision it's a quarterback league, and you need talent on your team. And Daniel Jones, I mean, the jury's still out, I guess. Uh, who knows? If they get him two good receivers and get Saquon Barkley back and the offensive line patched up, maybe he's good. I've talked to a lot of people who are, who are already soured on him, who are already saying 
not that it's time to move on, but that he doesn't look like he's going to be this great quarterback that the Giants thought he was going to be. And the Jets obviously are in the situation they're in now with Darnold. And do you trade him in the offseason? What are you going to do? They're pretty much a 90, but we should have asked Ravel about this. They're probably a 90% lock to get the number one pick because of the division and who they have to play in their schedule. Like They're going to be lucky if they go 1-15. and 15. They had yeah. their winnable game against the Broncos, and they lost. So Falcons are 0-5-2, Platt. So, so now there's actually another horse in this race. And they're actually... Yeah, uh, but they, they should have won a few games. And I can't... I mean, you know the South. Do you really think the Falcons, after just signing Matt Ryan to this big contract, they're going to bring in Trevor Lawrence? Like, worst case scenario, there's just too much talent in Atlanta for them to be 1-15 or 0-16. I can't see it happening. No, I agree with you. And uh, not to bring up Lawrence again, but he's from Atlanta. <laughs> so that would be uh, that would yeah. be interesting. I wa- You know what, Bags? This, this Saturday was the first time I really watched a full, outside of like national title games, yeah. fully watched Lawrence play. And I was super impressed. He makes all the throws. He's got great touch. He has great pocket presence. He's, he understands the game. He's fast. He's a leader. I just want him to – he's fast. Like he has all the intangibles. And that's something – like when you talk about quarterbacks being – having the it factor, like Darnold to me never had the intangible – the intangibles. Daniel Jones to me doesn't have it. Like I, I don't see it. But when I watch Trevor Lawrence play, I'm like, oh my god, this guy has it. And yes, Clemson's got a lot of talent and – He's a great head coach, and he's built a phenomenal program. But he's but built he's it got on the, the back it. of Trevor Lawrence, and obviously he, he had Watson. But he has the it. He has he the does. it factor about him. I just wish he'd cut his hair. But other than that, I'm like totally sold on him. Yeah, my son's being him for Halloween, and um, you know he's got the jersey and the helmet already, obviously. But he, uh, I told him, I go, well, he also wears the headband around that hair. He looks like a Hanson brother, and he, he's like, who's that? <laughs> But anyway, oh, I, um, yeah. I, the, the, the last thing, I, I, I want to get to our picks. Yeah, I know. I want to get to our picks, but I will say the last time a guy had the it that was like a, a no, no-brainer number one was Andrew Luck, and he showed it. Um, I think Trevor Lawrence, like you said, like you said, he has the it. I think he's a no-brainer that'll, that'll work because some don't. You know, some, some number one draft picks don't, you know. You know, Achilles Smith, there's a, there's a lot of those. So, anyway, we're in week six. I was one and one last week, and a COVID took out the uh, third game. So, you were one and two. So, let's bounce back this week. I'm, I can't believe I'm doing this, but I'm going to take the 0-5 Atlanta because, like you said, you can't believe um, they have that talent down there, and they can't freaking win. It's like the story of this franchise. Them and the Chargers. Anyway, I got Minnesota at Detroit. I mean, at Atlanta. They're getting three and a half, but it's in Minnesota. But I'm still going to go one more time thinking Matt Ryan can win the game. He's also on my fantasy team. Second game is the Rams. Ice. Yeah, come on. Where are you? I watched him beat us up when he was at BC. Uh, Rams at home, giving three and a half. At San, no, no, I'm sorry. They're at San Fran. Rams at San Fran, given three and a half, and then I'm going to do it again with an 0-5. At Miami, I'm taking the Jets, getting eight and a half. So those are the three. Falcons, Jets, Rams, take it away. 
Wow, wait, you're taking the Jets? Like, is yeah. this a nostalgia thing for you against the Dolphins? You think Marino's playing against Ken O'Brien? Like, uh, uh, that's a crazy. I can't believe you're taking that pick. It's, it's a total old school Jet Miami shootout in my head. You, you freaking pegged it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, let me give you my three picks. I am taking the 0-5 New York Giants. Uh, who I think they're three-point favorites over Washington, who, you know, back to being an absolute joke of a franchise again with the quarterback okay. situation. They just can't get away from themselves. I'm going to take Green Bay. You got Rodgers against Brady this weekend, but I like Green Bay getting one and a half. And I'm going to take the Rams getting three and a half against San Francisco. I like the way the Rams are playing. They're having a bounce-back season. San Fran's decimated with injuries. They got work last week by the Dolphins. Uh, you don't know what's going on with their QB situation. So I'm going Giants, Pack, and Rams. Giants, Pack, and Rams. I love it. Platt, it was a great show. Looking forward to the next one. Looking forward to tonight's baseball playoffs. And who are you rooting for in the uh, Rays, Astros, Dodgers, Braves. Uh, I mean, I'd love to see Dodgers, Rays, but it seems like we're going to get Braves, Rays, which will be a great. It'll be great for pure baseball fans, but not, not for, the for the viewing general public. <laughs> They're not for the networks. They're awesome, man. Awesome, awesome. I can't wait to watch it. Have a great, have a great rest of your day and great show. 